Uh, Revelation 22. Can you believe that we have preached through the entire book of Revelation? Oh, my goodness. I don't know that I've ever preached. I've never, I preached through Romans one time. It took me 43 weeks to preach through Romans. Um, yeah, I don't know where we're at now in Revelation, but we've preached through every weird and wild stuff. We didn't miss one verse. We didn't miss one jot, one tittle. And it's all recorded on our podcast on Spotify and um, on our Facebook feed. So, um, yeah, so, so I've seen a lot of things that I've never seen before, even though I've read the book. Um, Revelation 22. So Revelation 21 was talking about a city, but the city was a person. If you remember, it was a bride. And this beautiful bride that is coming from heaven uh, is, is just this beautiful, and it begins to describe it. It's got precious stones, and it's got pearls, big gates made out of one single pearl. What kind of clam was that or an oyster? My goodness. And so it's like this beautiful thing that the, the streets are gold and they're like, um, they're like glass. And what I noticed about that, and if you think about precious stones, precious stones are reflective. And there's no sun in the city because who's the sun? The Lamb of God is the light. So can you imagine Jesus is so bright he makes the sun look like a black hole. And all those reflective metals and gems. What a city, man. Then God doubles down on it and says, the city that comes from heaven, yeah, that's my bride. So the city is us. Lest a man be born again. Bad translation. Lest a man be born from above. He can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Where does the city come from? So it sounds like God is describing the redeemed church. That too. That too. It's marrying his bride. So this beautiful city is a beautiful people. So God is making us beautiful. Why? So that we can reflect the beautiful qualities that are him. So why does God want you to be sinless just so you can walk around like you took a shot of lemon juice the rest of your life? <laughs> Not have no fun? No, he's making you beautiful so that he can sit on the throne of your heart and you can reflect his glory like those precious metals. See, God's up to a lot more than we give him credit for. We're always trying to get to a place. We're trying to get to heaven. God's trying to get to us. He's like, I'm trying to make a city. So I can be there. And you're trying to avoid life and just get up here. So God's making a beautiful, reflective city so that he can sit right in the middle of it. There is no temple. Because he is the temple. And now in Revelation 22, we see something really beautiful begin to happen. And we see that a river flows from a throne and goes right through the city. Like God has made the city, and now he's providing this river. So there's just all kinds of neat, neat things going on here, and we'll try to, we'll try to pick, pick through it. So as we gaze upon the beauty of the king, we begin to look more like the king. Well, we better get, get in here. I, I can 
waste too much time but talking. Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. Wow. Water as clear as crystal pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Flowing down the middle of the city's main street. On each side of the river is the tree of life, producing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month of the year. Its leaves are for the healing of the nations, and there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city. His servants will worship him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more, and they will not heed the lamp, the light of a lamp, or the light of the sun, because the Lord will shine on them. <laughs> Man. I love that scripture, arise and shine. Man, wow. Get up and just start glowing with the glory of God. And, and they will reign forever and ever. So the bride is the city. So this collective weird bunch of folks called you and I, Christians, take on the beauty of a king and become a place that is healing. The river runs right through the city and its source is God. Oh, man. <laughs> the source is God. Uh, do you remember in John chapter 7? Jesus stands up and it says, On the last day of the feast, he stands up and says, If any man thirst, let him come to me. And out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. But the rabbis saw Jerusalem as the navel of the universe. The birthplace for everything God wanted to do. So here's Jesus saying, out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. Right in the middle of this feast. Now this feast was the feast of booths or tabernacles. And what they would do in Jesus' time is the priest would go down with a big water jug and he would go down to the pool of Siloam and he'd fill it up with water and then he would carry the jug back. And they would sing what's called the Hillel Psalms, which are Psalm, I think, 113 through 118, I believe. And they would sing these psalms as like a praise deal while he was carrying this jug of water. And then they would pour, get to the altar at the temple and they would pour this water out. And they would do that for seventh day. For seven days, they would do that. On the last day, the eighth day, they wouldn't pour any water. In other words, they were coming into a place saying, we have arrived, we are here, and we no longer need the water that's flowing from the rock. It was a picture of the rock that followed them in the wilderness that they split open and water came out. That was what the illustration was because the Feast of Booths was about being in the wilderness and being God's people. So they get to that place and they're pouring out the water. On the eighth day they didn't pour in the water. We've arrived. We're here. 
And Jesus gets up on that day and says, if any man comes to me and drinks, living water will flow out of his belly. So Jesus makes this a statement to this dead ritual that you've not arrived. Matter of fact, you hadn't even drank of the things that God wants to do in your life. Here's the beauty. We come to him and drink, and then out of us comes what? What was the city? The bride. bride. Where's this river flowing from? The throne of God. Where's God sitting? (laughs) God's making a people. Let me get the Gaithers and sling looking for a city out here, man. God's looking for a city. It's you. You're trying to go to a place. He's trying to get to your heart, man. You're looking for somewhere beautiful to land. He's looking to make you beautiful so that other people can land and taste of the water that's healing for the nations. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We get a picture here of a, where is it? Tim might have to help me with this. Or Ezekiel 47, the river of God that flows from the temple, starts as a trickle. Is that 47? I don't know. Maybe he can help me. But remember, it starts from the throne. Ezekiel sees a vision from the throne. It starts as a trickle. And then as he's working down, it gets up to his kneecaps. And then it starts getting up to his waist. And then he gets out and he goes a little bit further. And then he gets in and he's over his head and he's floating. But this progressive river gets deeper and deeper. And we're looking for a city, but what city? Whose builder and maker is God, right? Builder and maker is God. But who has firm foundations? What has God ever made? But has he ever made a city? I don't think so. He told other people to make cities. But the only thing that's just been touched by God is you and me. Psalms 139, I knitted you together in the womb. Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. So whose city has been builder and maker's God? City on a hill, can't be hid. So it's like, yeah, God's building a city, but he's building a people before he builds a city. Because if there's not a place adequate for God to dwell, then what is it for God to dwell? I always thought about that where the lady uh, breaks the alabaster flask on Jesus. And we talk about the ointment. It was like spikenard. It was some like rare, precious ointment. But then I thought, well, what about that flask? The oil's got to get from somewhere to somewhere else. You can't hold oil, you know. (laughs) So it's like the alabaster flask. If I remember correctly, I think alabaster is formed in a cave from the drips when the mineral 
compositions right, and it drifts on the bottom of the cave, making, I think, stalagmite. I think tide is coming down, mite's going up, I'm not sure. And I think when the drip's right, it builds up, and that's what they use to make those alabaster deals. So the drip, 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 mundane drip of your life, if you have faith for it and can see the miraculous, that becomes the thing that makes you into the vessel that God can put his precious oil in. So don't get in a hurry. Let God drip, man. Let him drip. Because it's in those drips that were formed and fashioned. It's the boring parts. It's the mundane parts of life that are different, right? That's the hard, that's the hard part. What do I do when I'm bored? What do I do when I'm not busy? Sure it does. Yeah. But it's in that place, is, I believe, is the crossroads of who I am in the mundane, quiet place. That's who I really am. That's when you can be who you really are. And that's what God's looking for. Yeah, so it sounds like God's making a city, but he's making a people simultaneously. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I love it that it says that the leaves are even healing, right? Like the fruit's cool, but the leaves even heal. And remember how humanity got in trouble was because of some trees. Now the trees are nothing but healing. That God has got humanity to a place that we'll pick the right fruit. Yeah, tree of life. Yeah. With 12 different kinds of fruit on one tree? And every month? So there's never a time for winter anymore. It's all fruitfulness. Like seasons are gone. <laughs> and God brings us and ushers us into an age with no more seasons. It's just all fruit. And each one, a new variety. And each one, healing for the nations. Man. I'm hungry for that. So on this side of heaven, we are learning what it is to walk in that on some level. But in that day, it'll be all out. So much so, the Bible says that when we see him, we'll be like him. Won't that be weird? That looking at Jesus is like looking in a mirror. That's redeemed, my friend. <laughs> Because when I look in the mirror, I don't quite see Jesus all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty cool. Cool things. Uh, okay. Verse 6. Oh, man. We better hurry. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. I promise. We're, this is it. I'm out of Revelation. I don't want to look at Revelation for a long time. Verse 6. Then the angel said to me, these words are reliable and true. Oh, man. 
Here you go. <laughs> you want something reliable and true? Read those first five verses and just think about it, okay? The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy expressed in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I threw myself down to worship at the feet of the angel who was showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do this. I am a fellow servant with you, as with your brothers, the prophets, and those who obey the words of this book. Worship God. Now, you got to think, if anybody knew what Jesus looked like, surely John, right? Walks with Jesus for three and a half years, lays his head on his chair, you know? And here John starts worshiping an angel because he thinks it's God. I think what's happening here, because he said, I'm a fellow servant like you, Right? So I think John is seeing a future glimpse of what he'll look like when he becomes redeemed. And he looks so impressive, he starts to even kind of worship it. He says, uh-uh, you got to worship God, man. Because this beauty is because the beautiful one has come and redeemed me and said in my life. That's where... This beauty comes from, and so John is, is taken back. Wow. I got to think, if this is what this angel looked like, man, what did Jesus look like? Whoa. Verse 10, then he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy contained in this book, because the time is near. The evildoer must continue to do evil, and the one who is morally filthy must continue to be filthy. The one who is righteous must continue to act righteously. See, he showed us that beautiful glimpse, and then it says, hey, look, here's why you need to stick with this thing. Because what I'm making out of you and what I'm preparing for you is so wonderful, you don't want to miss out on it. Okay? So it's like Paul said, um, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not beating the air when I keep my flesh into submission. Uh, because I've seen the prize that's up ahead. And I'm preparing myself for what God is doing in me and for me and what he's preparing me for. Uh, because the time is near. The evildoer must continue to do evil, and the one who is morally filthy must continue to be filthy. That seems odd. Then the one who is righteous must continue to act righteously, and the one who is holy must continue to be holy. Again, here it is again. Look, I'm coming soon. And my reward is with me to pay each one according to what he's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so they can have access to the tree of life and can enter into the city by the gates. This is where it gets really kind of strange here, guys. Verse 15. 
Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves to practice falsehoods. This is getting pretty complicated. So we like to read things as Western mindsets. We want a beginning and we want to end. The Eastern mindset or the Oriental mindset is not concerned with time. So here we've already read that the final judgment had happened in Revelation 20 and 21. And now we're reading about there's still people that are around this city that can still enter into the city and be a part of the city. So it seems that, I don't really know how to interpret this, how there's still evil people around this beautiful, wonderful city, other than maybe this is a picture of the future, but it's also a picture of right now. Because faith will enter into the now and realize things trusting God into the future. Like Abraham follows God and believes that he's going to have a nation even though he doesn't see it. Make sense? So faith brings us to the place of the reality is now, but also not yet. So here he is. In this beautiful city, the throne of God is sitting on the city. The city's a bride. The city's a person. And all this stuff's going on. And then there's wicked going around. But if you'll notice something about the gates, the gates' doors were what? Pearls, but they were open. Always open. So it sounds like we're getting a picture, yes, of the future, but also maybe right now. That there's this beautiful city that's a kingdom that you can be a part of if you'll just walk in the gate. And so maybe when God says, I set before you an open door, maybe he's saying, would you just walk into this thing and just like, you ain't even got to turn the knob. Would you just come in? Come on, God. You won't even close the door. Got an air conditioned the whole city, God. What's going on here? Paying the bills around here, right? God's like, oh, I paid the highest price. And I ain't worried about the price because I just, I just need people to come in, to walk in. And my friend, that's the gospel. That's some good news. That's good enough that a fisherman would drop his nets and follow a guy he don't know and not tell his wife. I'd say Jesus is pretty compelling. I believe I'd have said, I wouldn't have said, hey, I got to bury my dad. I said, hey, I got to tell my wife. Hold on, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is like, come on, I'm going somewhere. Going somewhere. And I'm going with him. I love it. Me and John was talking about, man, I'm, I'm ready to follow the cloud. I'm following the cloud, man. Where are we going? I don't know. When the cloud moves, we'll move. But I don't know what he's doing right now, but he's right here right now, so that's what we're going to do. Man, now that's freeing. 
<laughs> what's the plan? I don't know. Pray to God. Maybe he'll tell you. Oh, let's see what's going on here. Man, I love it. Mystery and excitement and fun. And that can every day can be that way. Just walk with God. Listen to him. He'll speak to your heart, man. He'll tell you stuff. He'll have you in places and situations you won't even, be, you won't even believe it. You won't even believe what he's doing. It's just an adventure all the time, every day. It really is. I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke, man. Uh, just, oh, man, it's just so cool. Thank you, Lord, for just being so good to us. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, okay, now are y'all hearing or what? And let the one who hears say, okay, that's, that's okay, that's okay. And let the one who is thirsty come. So it seems like an invitation. I thought it was a done deal. Well, no, it's still telling people to come. Let the one who wants to take the water of life free of charge. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy contained in this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of prophecy... God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. The one who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. God, would you just come? Give us a foretaste of your glory, God. I know you're coming in the flesh one day, but God, would you just come right now? Just come in your spirit and just overwhelm us, God. Set us on fire, God. God, let us not be a city, a beautiful city set on a hill. We can't even be hid. I don't know what we try to hide, but we can't even hide. It's all over us. God, let us just accept the glory and the beauty that you've done, not that we are, but that you are. And God, just let us walk in it. Not in an arrogance, God, but in a confidence that we are who you say we are. And that's sons and daughters. And your sons and daughters, you said, never been seen begging for bread. God, we ask that you would help us, guide us, lead us into all truth so that we might find you in greater proportions. Lord, stretch our souls to hold more of you. In Jesus' name. Somebody was reading the book of Acts and they said, this is weird. They got filled in chapter 2. Then in chapter 4, it says they got filled again. What's that all about? I said, one or two things. Either they're leaky or they got filled to the capacity of their revelation. And when they grew in revelation, they could hold more. 
Sounds like we ain't even started to find out what God wants to do in us and through us. So I'm excited about that. Uh, man, be blessed. I love you guys. This is the revelation, but not just the revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ.